Namaste and welcome home to Women's Journeys, where it is our mission to help you connect back to yourself, to like-minded souls, and to Mama Earth all around us. Navigating your journey of spiritual development and personal growth is not easy. I've been there, which is why I created this platform where me and the incredible women I have conversations with share our journeys and our golden pieces of wisdom and insights with you that we have gathered and are still gathering along the way, because the journey is ongoing. But allow us to share the medicine that has helped us so far and to help and inspire you on navigating your own path. My name is Olivia. Join me on an inspiring journey to help you find your own light. Hi, Cass. How are you? Hello. Thank you for being here. I'm awesome. Thank you so much for doing this and having me. I think I honestly wanted to let you know that I think it's so cool that you've started this podcast. Thank um, you so such much. Such a cool idea. Yeah, it's still sort of trial and error and figuring it out as I go. Yeah. But um, yeah, I reach out to women here and there or they reach out to me and I reached out to you because I thought you, I mean, I don't know, I just randomly found you on Instagram. I know. <laughs> I don't even know In how it happened. Instagram friends. <laughs> Definitely, though. I And you're on the other side of the world in um, Canada, right? Yeah. And yeah so why don't you start off by telling us a bit who you are and what you do right now um so right now i am living in canada i live at home and i'm in school full-time but because of this pandemic things have slowed down a lot and um i'm also working on some personal projects and I'm also a yoga teacher. I teach at a studio, which unfortunately just closed down as of today, actually. Oh, no. So now we're only doing a few online classes here and there. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And what are you studying? I'm studying nutritional science. I'm doing a master's at the University of Toronto. That's so interesting. And do you have... It's like a project that you're doing attached to it. Is it called? Yeah. So Kali blends. I saw. Something. So that yeah, that's my brand that I've started that has nothing to do with my schooling. Okay. Yeah, that's just an idea that I had, kind of like your podcast. <laughs> it's <laughs> an idea, and we're just we're just going with it. <laughs> I like it. And what do you do yeah. with it? Like, what is um, it? So basically, it's it's a product based brand, and I want to start making like superfood lattes. Um, so like powdered lattes that you can make a latte with, or put in your smoothie, or whatever you like to do with it. Um, yeah, with really like high quality ingredients, and yeah, I just love making lattes. And I thought, why don't why don't I just start my own brand? That's amazing. I mean, if everyone thought that way, I think the world would really look cool <laughs> if everyone just <laughs> followed what they liked. <laughs> it's um, true. It's true. I think people, it's like kind of scary because there's a huge fear of like, oh, it's not going to work out. Like, I'm not going to sell anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But it's like, honestly, I'm having, I'm having fun. So, and some, honestly, some days I feel like I just want to stop and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, this is kind of stupid. And, but then other, but then I wait a few days and then other days I'm so inspired and I'm like creating things um, and, you know, doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes for it. So I would say like, if you're tired or you're feeling discouraged, don't necessarily quit. Just like take a break, you know? Yeah, I think that's such a good tip because I have the exact same thing with this podcast where some phases or periods I'm so excited and I'm creating like a new intro and outro and messaging all this, these people or recording a lot of solo episodes. And then as of late, it's been more kind of like, uh, I don't really know, like maybe I should take a break or... I don't know what I'm doing yeah. with this, where it's going, but then I have talks with people like you, and it's so, always so interesting to meet new people and to hear their stories, and 
usually after a conversation like that and during it, I'm so excited again and I want to go all for it. <laughs> so I think that's just a process of creation as well, I guess. Yeah. And nothing can ever be like perfect all the time or you can be motivated all the time. Yeah. And that also relates to the feminine masculine sides and the cyclicality of it, right? It's, mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. And I still find it difficult to balance the two. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you have any difficulty with that. I for sure do. It's almost like sometimes they're clashing, like they're going against one another when they, it's hard to get them to work in unison sometimes. Um, something I've started doing recently is kind of using my moon cycle as a, as a guide for what I'm doing, um, especially what I'm doing in terms of like working out because I do yoga almost every day. And I started to, so as I approach like my premenstrual phase, my moon cycle, I start to slow it down. So doing more like yin restorative or even just yoga nidra classes uh, or just meditation. And then because that's what my body feels called to do. Whereas before I used to kind of push my body and do like crazy vinyasa flows, which was not honoring <laughs> my cycle, you know, my cyclicality at all. And then, um, yeah. So then as I approach ovulation, that's when I feel like very creative and like outward expressive. Um, and that's when I do more vinyasa type workouts. And that's where I, when I create mostly, um, when I feel very creative and want to want to express. And so I kind of use that as a very rough, rough guide, um, and let them kind of flow in and out of one another with, with my cycle. I like that a lot. Yeah. Actually a book, it's called wild power. Okay. Have you heard of it? No, never. Oh my God. You need to read this book. Okay, Everyone, every down. woman, every woman needs to read this book. It's called Wild Power. And it's basically just how to hone and honor your cycle um, and live your life in tune with your cycle. Okay, I'm yeah. definitely going to check it out. Because ever since I started my cycle, it was not something that was really honored or... Um, worked around or and I think a lot mm -hmm. of women experience the same thing it's just this yeah. thing that you deal with every month yeah but and you kind of like keep it hush hush and it's like definitely and it's annoying yeah. and everything and all of this negativity attached to it very much yeah um yeah like the first time I got my period it was like oh my god no, <laughs> no. but yeah it sets it off on the wrong foot when it's such a such a guide like you're you're saying and I'm gonna really read that book and I'll leave it in the show notes for anyone interested yeah. as well. Um, mm -hmm. You were talking before we started as well about how, um, you know, this femininity and this masculinity also shines through in your studies and you being a yoga teacher and trying to balance the two. Maybe you can talk to us about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my thesis for my master's is is again, it's, it's research based, it's very scientific, you know, you know, it's on um, the scientific method, we used to do everything. Um, and I love that, because I, I have this understanding now, like when someone when I read certain things online, that it's like, Oh, this is what will cure this. And this is, this will do this to your body, you know, it's like, okay, but where, where where's the data? Like, where? you need to back up these claims, right? Like sometimes mm -hmm. it angers me, like these food companies or other companies are like, oh, this is good for this, your your endocrine system or like essential oils. And I'm like, okay, but where's the science? Like what is happening here? Like, um, do you actually know what it's doing to your body? Because especially in nutrition, the research is so scarce like there is not a lot of research in nutrition and that's only because there's no money in it like to get funding for nutrition research is so hard like my funding is like so hard to get to fund our clinic um and yeah that's because when you're doing research on like a a drug for a drug company they have tons of money so they can fund their own research but who's going to fund my research like 
the carrot corporation of canada you know what i mean <laughs> like they don't have money right that surprises so, me though i thought i would figure you have funding but if you put it that way i totally understand that you don't because it's going to pharmaceuticals and all yeah that. that's where yeah. that's where all the money is for mm -hmm. for research right um and yeah the the it's mostly the dairy and meat corporations that have the most money especially because they get money from the government but then i'm i'm plant-based and i don't want to be funded by you know dairy mm. farmers of canada because that's just unethical to me yes <laughs> you know totally so yeah. it's it's um but anyways sorry i kind of went off on a tangent there um so yeah i really appreciate um a lot of the scientific method um not to say it's perfect but i can appreciate it um and then on the other side um i have a very kind of uh intuitive perspective with kind of different modalities and different ways of healing like energy healing or, or like reiki for example or just how trauma can be stored in the body um which there's actually been research done on it and they actually found that people who are obese like their their weight can sometimes be a almost like a shield if they experienced something traumatic as a child um for some people i was listening to another podcast on that i forget what it was but it was like on bbc on like trauma in the body um Another good book would be Energy Medicine. That book is amazing. It's like all scientific research on like super cool, like consciousness um, energy medicine. Um, it's yeah, you so recommended you already recommended that to me, and I read the book, oh, <laughs> but it's been a while ago. Yeah, I posted did you enjoy something. It? I remember it being one of my favorite books I've read in a long time, oh, yeah. but it's been a few months now, so I'm not yeah. able to really quote anything from it anymore. Yeah, me either. But me either. it really meant a lot to me during that time. Yeah, because I had my level one Reiki certification as well, and sometimes I, I do wonder, like, what does it actually do? You know, like, I'm interested behind the science, and yeah. I haven't looked any of the science up, but sometimes with all of these things i believe in them but at the same time i'm like how is this rooted in this material world and what's actually working and what's not yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think i remember one of the studies that they talked about or it was some sort of experiment where they had this i don't really know the technical technical term for it but it was like this robotic kind of machine that would spew out numbers at random and that's how it was programmed and they have like a few of these in different cities around the world and they have one in new york city and after 9-11 hit there was like a really large like consciousness change in that area and people started acting a little more compassionately like right after 9-11 um for like a period of time after that happened like people were just more like aware like you know holding doors open for people that were you know were like just like random little things and i think the the um machine what it did what it, the numbers started to not be counting at random or something like that i'd have to reread it but it was so interesting because the basically the machine was affected by something that happened like within human consciousness and i don't know i forget how they did it but that's crazy right yeah it was very interesting i'm betting something interesting is happening in the collective consciousness or human consciousness at this moment in time as well yeah <laughs> but hopefully eventually um towards more positive light and, and good but yeah it is an interesting thing and I think it's such a strong point actually that you're so scientifically rooted yet also rooted in your intuitive side and able to combine the two and the one definitely does not exclude the other I think it makes you more powerful than ever actually and mm. definitely 
So how did you come onto the path of becoming a yoga teacher and wanting to study nutrition? I'm curious. Mm. So I started yoga just kind of to start a new hobby, just to check it out after I ended the relationship. And I just, I just fell in love with it. And I started going to this yoga studio by my house all the time. And I fell in love with this beautiful yoga teacher. Um, her name's Lisa White. And she's, she's amazing. Um, you can find her at Lisa Jane White Yoga on Instagram. And yeah, I was like, this is crazy. So I started, I started practicing for a couple years. And then I don't know, I never really, it was so weird. I never really made the decision to become a yoga teacher. I, it just kind of like the training popped up and then I was like, okay, I guess I'm going. Like, it wasn't <laughs> even like a, it wasn't even like a decision I made. Like it just kind of happened. Like thinking back, I'm like, yeah, it just happened. Like I didn't really make the choice and yeah, I feel really, really in my element when I'm teaching. And yeah, even though the first time I taught a class, it was, I almost shot my pants. It was, yeah, it was actually for me. terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a practice, you know, you, I experienced that after I did my yoga teacher training, I was like, oh, I'm a teacher. But then, you know, you're not really a teacher yet. I figured out soon enough and mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's so amazing that um, this one amazing yoga teacher of yours really inspired you and showed you the beauty of yoga, because I do find that it's usually the teachers that yeah. uh, really bring you into it. Like, sometimes you go, go to a class and the teacher just isn't your thing, and you're like, oh, I hate this. Yeah, and you can tell when a yoga teacher, you can tell when they're just teaching the practice versus when they actually live the practice like there's a very there's a very clear difference and um like you can tell you know um yeah even mm -hmm. my studio owner now um i was taught a class yesterday and both studio owners came to my class which was so lovely and afterwards, one of them told me, they were like, you know, you can really tell that you live the practice, you know, you're not just teaching that and you can tell when I'm teaching, um, which was such a beautiful compliment. Yeah, that's um, amazing. And how do you, is it just like this feeling you have when you go to your class and you feel like the teacher isn't really living the practice? I'm thinking about it myself. Yeah, but. yeah, I think yeah, I think you can just, you can just tell, like, it's, it's not, um, I don't know, when I'm teaching yoga, not all the time, don't get me wrong, sometimes I feel like crap, and I'm like, I still need to teach. Yeah, that's what I mean, same like, for me. It's like not a great <laughs> class, you know, it's just like, okay, put your hand here, put your foot here, and like, that's, that's all that's happening. Truly totally know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but other times, it's almost like, it's almost like a flow state if you mm -hmm. can it's like a flow state or it's as if you're like channeling something else through you and you're just like talking and there's none of that like dialogue like oh like what if i what if i say this like what are they going to think of me and that's a like that's a continual process of mm -hmm. and i think that's what yoga teaching yo teaching yoga has taught me is to just like speak my truth and not be afraid of what other people think of me because okay yeah maybe a few people in the class are going to be like oh my god this girl is actually insane like why is she talking about this right now like I just want to get some abs like please stop <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> but then there's other people who I've had like cry in my class and just like Aww. or you know like talk to me afterwards and it's it just makes it all so mm -hmm. so worth it right yeah, definitely. I feel like at times, like you say, when you get into that flow state, you're like a channeler of some sorts. Like you don't even speak consciously speak the words; they just come through you. But yeah, as you touched on briefly, I think for me it's been it's been difficult in a sense because a lot of people who come to the classes are 
interested in getting those abs and getting that mm. workout done and then I'm here like well <laughs> yoga isn't just about that <laughs> yeah. and it's it's again a, a balance of kind of wanting to appeal to them but also yeah keeping right the yoga because you spirit. want to give them what they want but at the same time you want to honor the yoga practice and yourself as well and what you want to share and what you want to offer right mm-hmm. but it's it's all okay you know bob wants to get his abs lucy wants to just chant om and lay in shavasana the whole time you know it's it's all good it's all great it's, <laughs> it's all, all <laughs> welcome <laughs> Yes, yes. And I do think it's beautiful that I think over the last 20 years that yoga has become more trendy in a way because then more people are coming to yoga. And I do think that during these times, people need it more than ever. So yeah. that's a positive yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you were talking about how right now in in the world, we're in a very like, it's a dark time, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people even me, like I used to, I used to resist that. I'm like, I got to shed light. I got to do this. I got to do that because there's so much suffering in the world. You know, there's so much sadness. There's so much pain. Mm -hmm. And I think I put a lot of weight on my shoulders in order to try to, you know, just be light, just do what I can um, for those around me in my community. But um, I was listening to another podcast and I don't know if you're very familiar with the Vedas. I'm not too familiar with them, but they talk about the three or the, sorry, the four stages. And it's like the cyclicality of how the universe sort of works and it works through four stages repetitively. And so think of it like a chair so in the first stage, the chair has four, four legs. So it's very stable, all is well, everything is flourishing. In the second stage, it has three legs. In the third stage, two legs, okay? So we're starting to get a little wobbly. And then in the fourth and last stage, which is actually called Kali, um, which is the name of my brand, has one leg. And that's the stage that we're currently in right now. And we've been in the stage for like something like 400,000 years. And we still have about 5,000 years to go, which is actually short. In the one Um, leg stage, you mean? Yeah, we're in the one leg stage right now, which is the Kali stage. So that's when darkness is overpowering overpowering the light. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what the Vedas are explained and i'm not saying this is truth but i'm taking saying take it for what you will like this is what the vedas Mm -hmm. talk about and so what happens is it's going to reach a point where the darkness is just going to keep getting higher and higher um Mm -hmm. like we're almost done like it's i don't know it's getting pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) um like we're almost there we've only got five thousand more years Wow. Um, and then we're going to restart and then we're going to, it's going to like collapse and then we're going to restart and then we're going to be back up with the four legs and light is going to be much higher. And then it's going to like do that thing again. And it's just going to keep going like this. Wow. So now I have, I kind of use that knowledge from the Vedas or that kind of perspective to be like, okay, it's okay that there's so much suffering and pain like mm-hmm. can I just let it be like that right now you know yeah though I was kind of hoping that the restart would be during our lifetime <laughs> and not right in 5,000 years but yeah makes sense no definitely and that's what I've been feeling as well there's so much shit hitting the fan one thing after the other and it's all piling up and yeah, there's so much negativity and negative feelings going mm-hmm. around and um, it's all, you know, logical and valued and um, there's a reason for it. I believe the same thing. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I didn't know that. It's such a beautiful sort of metaphor or analogy and yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even with, with suffering, it's 
like um, the story of the Buddha, like his whole, his whole mission was to figure out how to deal with suffering. And that's what he was trying to figure out. And it took him such a long time, like years. Um, and that's kind of what I try to teach like my yoga students when I'm teaching a class, I tend to talk a lot about allow the pain to come in or allow any body sensation to come in. And instead of like resisting it or just focusing only on that, bringing, instead of bringing your full awareness only on that aspect, on that sensation, on that suffering, can you just open up your awareness and allow your heart to be cracked open to that? And can you allow that sensation to float in that wide open space and notice what changes? Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You can give so much knowledge through those simple yoga classes that people go through once a week. <laughs> and that's just incredible. Um, yeah, and as you were saying before, um, that you were putting a lot of pressure on yourself at first to shed a lot of light. Was that you mostly during the lockdown or how was that for you? Um, like... I think that was just kind of generally In my general. whole life as I started mm -hmm. getting older. Yeah. Like, I just was really upset with the world, um, with the way things were in general um, yeah a lot of things made me just so sad like i went vegetarian when i was 12 because i just couldn't stand like killing animals and yeah. that just me. like really beat me down like yeah and i started like when i was 16 i started going to like protests and i even went to a slaughterhouse and i was just like fighting and fighting and you know, trying to do what I could, but I just felt so defeated. Mm -hmm. And this is like when I was 16. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's so tiring to fight and fight and fight for what you know is right. <laughs> that was a rhyme, but that didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so tiring. And I've been there before. And it feels so defeating because it feels like you can't, you can never do enough and you can't make everyone see the way that you see things and mm -hmm. eventually what I've learned as well is to just sort of release and let go and you know like the theory that you just mentioned with the Vedas like mm -hmm. really hold on to that sort of knowledge and um, yeah. perception of the world because what else can you do you can't save everyone like, eventually exactly I'm not saying that that's complete truth but if it helps, then yeah, why definitely. not use it, you know? Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people need in this time or might be looking for, just things that can help them sort of navigate this and whatever is going on and why this all yeah. is happening. So I think yeah. that's very welcome. And some might find it in religion and some might find it in exactly. spirituality, some in the Vedas. Mm -hmm doesn't really matter at the end of the day. No, it doesn't. And uh, one of the suggestions you made to me uh, to talk about today was mm -hmm. not being attached to good or bad situations. And I think this kind of nicely ties into what we were talking about. Um, mm -hmm. And I was wondering what you meant by that exactly. Actually, I have a really good little story. Um, or it's uh it's it's like a zen buddhist story um i love those. and i might not say it perfectly but <laughs> <laughs> it's not about um, perfection okay so i'm just gonna so basically a lot of people might have probably read this before but it's basically so it starts off with a farmer and he um he has a few horses and his horses run away from his farm and then his neighbors are like oh my gosh that's so unfortunate like how sad for you blah 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 then a few days later the horses come back but and they bring a bunch of other wild horses with them so now he's got like a whole bunch of horses and then the neighbors come over like oh wow you're so fortunate like you're so lucky <laughs> how great 
And then um, a couple days later, the farmer's son gets like trampled on by one of the wild horses and breaks his leg. And the neighbors are like, again, oh my gosh, so unfortunate. Like what an unfortunate time. Um, and then again, a couple days later, um, these recruits come in um, for to recruit his son for war, to go to war. And but they can't take him because he has a broken leg. So he doesn't go to war because of that. And then the neighbors again, they're like, wow, that's so fortunate that you broke your leg because now you don't have to go to war um, and risk your life. And anyways, the story can keep going on it, like forever, you know? And I think that's kind of what I'm saying. Like whatever you're going through right now if whether good or fantastic, eventually it's going to flow into another flow into another um, another realm, like another. It's not going to always stay positive or negative. It's going to keep flowing, right? Mm -hmm. So don't stay too attached to the positive or too attached to the negative because it's always just going to flow back and forth, and then you're going to be swinging like this, you know. <laughs> you're gonna be like whoa what's happening <laughs> I mean that's life just in general I feel yeah. like yeah mm. oh that's a beautiful story to share thank you for sharing that and no uh, funny story as well <laughs> yeah because it's true we all grow through phases and sometimes it's positive for a while and you know it doesn't make any sense during the positive phases either to constantly think like when is this gonna end like when is it gonna turn negative and bad yeah. Just but enjoy it. Just enjoy it, even though, you know, probably more negative moments will come, but... Yeah, enjoy the suffering, too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How would you do it... that? <laughs> <laughs> just, you just gotta let it crack you open. You just, basically, when you're, it's almost like when you're in, this only applies to when you're in, like, a lot of pain. Like, for those people that have, you know, like, a broken heart or um, something where all you can focus on is that pain that it brings your awareness so if you're so focused on that because it hurts so much right and it's at that moment where the power is because that's when you can you can open up because your awareness is so focused you can allow it to break you open to the truth of who you are, which is pure awareness. Um, and there's this amazing book. It's called Who Dies by Stephen and Andrea Levin. And it's actually amazing. It's all about basically dying pain and suffering <laughs> and how to kind of work with that reality because that is reality that's mm. that's just the world we live in and um we just constantly want to you know we don't want to talk about it we're always like trying to get away from pain you know we're popping pills we're just like no we got to reduce the pain as much as possible but that's just pain is there you know so why not why not use it to get closer to who you are Mm -hmm. And that's so true. I mean, I remember my first heartbreak and it was the most horrible thing I ever mm -hmm. experienced. At the same time, I'm so grateful for it now. Not mm -hmm. in the moment, right. but yeah, yeah, it really led me closer to the essence of who I am, basically. And that's one of the most beautiful things ever. But in the moment, it's yeah. difficult to see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if everything would be positive all the time, we wouldn't learn anything, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine everything being positive all the time. That just wouldn't work. No, it wouldn't even be positive anymore. It's it would not, just be sort yeah. of bland. It would just be numb. <laughs> yeah. It would just be numbness. <laughs> so embrace the love and embrace the pain at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were talking about you know, relationships. I just talked about heartbreak and mm -hmm. you said something before about when you were heartbroken, you turned to yoga as well. Um, something else that you suggested was the value of being single and young. And I think that's a really 
interesting subject to talk about as well. And that's mm. like a whole other segue that I'm going yeah. in here now. <laughs> lots of, lots but of <laughs> I thought I would kind of try to relate it to what we were talking about. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think that's an interesting topic to touch on. You're single right now then as well, are you? Yes, I am. And I've been single for like a long time. I don't even know how, like, what, three, two, three, like, so long, I don't even know. <laughs> that's sad. Oh, no, it's um, not sad. It's been a while for me, too. But, but yeah, I just, I don't know, I've been focused, it's just been so, so nice just to be on my own. And maybe that's not a good thing because maybe now I'm so used to being on my own that I don't really want anybody in my life. Yeah, that's always the but scary I feel point. Like, but I feel like because, you know, I'm having this time with myself that when I do meet the right person, um, it's, it's going to be great because I've had this time to reflect and grow and to do my thing and to figure out what I need, what I need for myself. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I feel like you can never, you know, there's this sort of fantasy going around sometimes. I feel like that you totally need to be healed and complete and everything on your own before someone else can come in. But the reality of it is that it's never going to be, you're never going to be like, have everything perfectly figured out and totally healed though you're here to do the healing right like that's what we're here to do so if you were fully healed you wouldn't be here right now so you know (laughs) that's true you wouldn't be on earth right now if you were yeah (laughs) there you go (laughs) definitely but it's true that when you're in your 20s single getting to know yourself we're both on this path of spiritual and personal growth that you really get to know yourself. And when you're doing all that, when you're in a relationship, I mean, it's possible, but I don't feel like you can go to the depths of it as much as when you're single or at least. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard unless you have someone who's also like um, pushing that change in you and that like constant, um that constant growth which is rare to have in like young young people like I'm talking like teenagers people in their young 20s -hmm. um yeah it's hard usually when people get into a relationship that are very young they kind of like get stagnant Mm -hmm. um but I'm just talking from experience um I like got stagnant when I entered uh, into a relationship, um, to some degree, not all my relationships, but just to some degree. Yes. Um, I felt like I couldn't change because then, you know, Mm. I couldn't do a whole 180 on them because then they'd be like, who is this person? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of sad as well. Right. Because you want to grow together and learn together and yeah. Yeah see the other person and they're growing into their full potential while doing the same but I guess when you're that young it's more difficult Mm -hmm. to look at it yeah yeah and and also another very powerful thing um with being single um I've also been celibate for the last like for over a year now like a year and a half Mm -hmm. and that's been also such a powerful experience because I've had to take my own um be responsible for my own pleasure and my own body you know and not rely Mm -hmm. on another person to do that for me um and it's just like I don't know it's made made me become more fulfilled and even more like wow I can really just do everything on my own like I don't really need I don't really need anyone you know (laughs) I mean, I think that's an amazing place to be in because then when somebody comes in, it's not like, I need you here. Yeah, it's like, I want you, but I don't need you. Yeah, and I think that's the most powerful place that you can come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that can lead to the most kind of spiritual 
partnerships. I mean, at least that's my belief. <laughs> Not that I've been in one of those yet, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully at some I point. I would love to interview you. <laughs> I feel like someone needs to interview you for your podcast. You can you can interview me next time. Okay. Yeah. So you said you've never had like any spiritual relationships? Um, no, no. Or at least I've had two very short-lived relationships, and I feel like they were mostly just learning curves more than anything, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, really beautiful in its own way, but yeah. never in the depths of, like, an actual partnership. Um, yeah, not something like that, no. So I'm very curious what that would be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I, I would say I've experienced both. I've experienced very kind of conscious spiritual relationship and also a very not at all spiritual relationship. (laughs) Like my first ever relationship was so toxic. (laughs) So toxic. (laughs) Yeah, Um, we can laugh about it now, but back then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we can laugh about it so hard right now. Um, Such a gift. Like every single one of my previous partners has been such a teacher for me. Um, Mm, exactly for me at least what I've learned the most about life and about myself from these partnerships that I've learned than I would have learned otherwise like it's Mm -hmm. they've been such teachers and um yeah that's why I think it's so incredible just partnerships in general because it teaches you so many things and I remember being in my last relationship thinking like huh what if this is like the the only one I've, I ever have from now onwards? What if this is it? <laughs> Did that scare you? Were you like terrified of that thought? Yeah, because I was like, well, then I'm not going to learn and grow any, yeah. anymore from meeting new people and having new sort of partnerships. And, that's and is the that thing. when you left? Like, is that when you knew it was like time to go when you realized that? Mm-hmm not really then exactly but it did play in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. like yeah even I knew I wasn't gonna stay there but I was thinking like oh what if I just pretended this was it (laughs) and if I would just (laughs) stay here (laughs) and it felt so confining I was like I'm I'm not gonna be able to grow anymore and I think that was a signal that it wasn't the right partnership for me either because otherwise there is always room to grow I would say yeah yeah for sure one of my best friends is 30 and she's also single and she, you know, left a relationship quite recently, um, which I kind of like, it's like, I'm kind of really proud of her for that because I feel like at 30, there's a lot of like societal pressure to like be in a relationship Mm -hmm. and, you know, be at a certain place in life but she has you know her own goals and dreams and you know she wants to travel she's also a yoga teacher and yeah she's just single and she's you know a 30 year old living her life and you know is gonna accomplish everything she wants to do so at any age you know being single can be a value not just you know in your early 20s mm-hmm. yes Definitely, because it's such a societal standard thing of like, oh, it's so valuable being single in your 20s, but like, after that. (laughs) Yeah, no, after that, you better find someone. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely not. Mm -hmm. And I think um, what your friend is doing, I mean, of course, she's still young, but it's also kind of proves that you can do anything at, at any age still, like maybe you're or 50 and you're like oh I have these dreams but I can't do them anymore like I can't travel the world being a yoga teacher I know even my 50 year old friend the um, my yoga teacher she's basically like my yoga teacher mom like she's the one who you know made me want to become a yoga teacher Um, she's in her 50s and I like she's kind of like she's just like going to Costa Rica and like (laughs) doing her thing like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and so she you know she expressed to me like what am I doing like am I too old for this shit I'm like no you're never too old for that shit no No. 
<laughs> yeah, and I feel like a, a lot of people, though, around me, they do stay sort of stagnant in who they are and what they do um, from sort of age 30 or earlier onwards. And when I see people around me going into that stagnant sort of stage, I expressed this to my friend a few weeks ago, and I told her, like, I feel like most of my friends, when they start working a nine-to-five job and they start living this regular life and having a boyfriend or a girlfriend and just, you know, getting set up for that sort of life that is expected from us in society, I told her it kind of feels like they're slowly all going away to a sort of prison if you know what I mean, like they're just being yeah. in prison. It's like, oh no, it's, that friend is going too. <laughs> Bye. It's like, true. Yeah. And it's so yeah. it saddens me in a, in a way because some of them I know do have certain dreams or could yeah. have a lot of potential, but then I sort of see them settle for these career positions or mm-hmm. relationships, and I'm like, this is so sad. Yeah because it's it's kind of it's viewed as being safe but in reality nothing is really safe no, you know nothing is safe. everything's gonna collapse at some point so you might as well just do what you want because even you know most people get jobs you know to make money so that they can you know enjoy their money and enjoy life um but a lot of the time what happens is you you start working and then, you know, you don't want to work more because you just want to keep making more money and you're like, you know, it's never enough and you just want to keep making more and you're working this job that, you know, you don't really like, like, okay, maybe it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you're just making this money, but then now because you're working so much, you don't really have time to really enjoy that wealth that you've built. So you're just working, but it's like, what are you working for? You know, like you're going to, die one day whereas if you choose maybe an alternate path of something you actually love and you're having fun and you enjoy it okay maybe you're not going to make as much money mm-hmm. you know <laughs> but at least you're having fun so I would say that route is better because I rather enjoy my life with a little bit of money than be miserable mm-hmm. or like numb and have you know a lot of money yeah, and that's definitely like my path right now that you're descri- describing. <laughs> Perhaps I don't have a lot of money, <laughs> but I'm having fun. Exactly. Yeah, and then um, I do see these other people, like I said before, around me who do choose a safer path, but I'm not really jealous of them either. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Yeah, even though it's not, it's not an easy thing taking the other paths that I'm taking right now but it is worth it that's also part of taking the other path I feel like that sometimes I mean you always have to do things that you don't necessarily enjoy or that aren't your passion to eventually get to where you want to be exactly that's something I've learned as well because when I was younger I was like oh I'm only gonna do the things that I love and like and I'm passionate (laughs) about but that's just a fantasy that you can't really I mean maybe later when I'm older but in the means of getting there it's like Mm -hmm. no you gotta sometimes have to do things that you feel resistance to and that's okay that's part of the you know learning curve and not a part of the suffering I would say but (laughs) part of the um you know part of life of the duality of all of it yes and yeah I just want to ask you one more question I think we'll Mm -hmm. round this up and it's um a question that I usually ask all of the guests that come on the show and that is what are your three top self-care practices and I know one of them is probably yoga but if you have other yeah, ones that's, feel that's, free to that's, share that's evident yeah <laughs> um I'm gonna keep it simple I'm gonna keep it simple and say um I make my own like body oils um I just put like organic jojoba oil and then a few little drops of like an essential oil and just like massage that on my body um which is quite time consuming but it's so worth it it's lovely um yeah so that would be one um another one would be eye gazing with myself in the mirror which sounds kind of weird but 
if you try it, like just see how long you can like pick one eye. You can always also do this with someone else too, um, but you can do it with yourself sitting in front of the mirror and you just pick one eye and you just stare into that eye just with like a gentle gaze for however long you want. And it can get pretty intense. Like even just staring at yourself in the eye, like it gets like, yeah, just try it and let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, and the last thing would be to read before bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I mean, I would consider that self-care because I feel like a lot of the time we go on our phones before bed. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> it's a really good one and to remember. Can we like make a pact right here with everyone who's listening <laughs> to like just read before bed <laughs> oh I'm making uh, a pact yes okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I found as well it's so easy to grab onto that little box we carry with us yeah every second of every day mm-hmm. and it's um yeah it's very tiring and it's also so easy to you know to just yeah. go on there when you kind of know it's not good for you to do it too much And um, I'm still trying to figure out that sort of balance myself in when to do it and when not to do it. But I think your tip is going to help me with that. So I love how you also said before you named those three self-care practices, I'm going to keep it simple and then came up with like three very original things that nobody has ever said on the show before. So I like that a lot. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So... Yeah, just thank you so much for hopping on and wanting to have a conversation with me. And I hope that you enjoyed. I did. Thank you so much for having me and reaching out and listening to whatever I had to share. Hello, beautiful listener. And thank you so much for coming along the journey with us today. And we hope that left you feeling inspired, empowered, and uplifted. For more holistic tools and nuggets of wisdom, be sure to follow us on Instagram at womens.journeys. And for updates on the podcast, you can find us at Women's Journeys Podcast. And both will be linked in the show notes. I hope to see you again next time. And if you like the episode, be sure to leave us a review. It would really help us out. Or if you'd like to support us even more, you can share the link to your favorite episode in your Instagram stories, tagging us at Women's Journeys Podcast. Sending you all the love and healing in the world. Know that you're never alone in your journey. We are all walking right alongside you in spirit. Namaste and have a beautiful day.